Um, and so I, I know that um, over the over the last couple of years, one of the things I tried to do is always pray, you know, like, Holy Spirit, you worry about convicting him. It's not my job. Mm-hmm. I'm here. And I think that's true. That's I think, really important. Yeah. yeah. The spirit is the convictor, right? The spirit mm-hmm. is the one who's supposed to deal with your heart. What mm-hmm. am I for? What's the what's the hero of the confession for? I would say to encourage and, encourage and build love. up. It's mm-hmm. for loving and encouraging and building a back up. Mm-hmm. Let the spirit, the spirit deal with that convicts. heart. Guess what? Yeah. I can't anyway. Yeah. I can't deal with a heart. Yeah. No. Um, but the spirit can. Hi, welcome to the True Union Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Ben. And we're here to talk about topics like identity, singleness and marriage, same-sex attraction, friendship, and how life with Jesus brings true love and satisfaction. Join us as we talk about this beautiful relationship we were created to share with Jesus, the lover of our souls. Welcome back to True Union. Last week we talked about confession and this week we are continuing that conversation um, just talking more about what that looks like uh, practically and just some different takeaways that we had through our experience uh, with confessional relationships. I think it's important to to mention this um, some cautions at this point we're talking about confessing to each other um, I mentioned, you know, coming in with the attitude of Christ, uh, gentle and lowly, um, humility, patience, um, and avoiding things like uh, a judgmental spirit mm-hmm. or a critical spirit. I, I something I and I know I've and I'm not always done this right with you. You know, we've um, there have been times I know that I may have come across um, a little more correctional or made you feel like I was disappointed, maybe a little bit. Um, you can you can confirm that I'm sure that's happened there have been times Um, it wasn't my goal but I just I know looking back um, I can remember um, some moments when I maybe was in my flesh disappointed Mm -hmm. and so I let that show perhaps a little bit and and maybe I think it's just maybe let it show in the sense that I focused a little too much on helping you see the problem or helping you uh, see the correction Mm -hmm. or the, the need to change or whatever and and the truth of the matter was, you knew, you yeah. knew what you already beat yourself up over it so much. I mean, I, I'm sure that there are situations where you are, uh, you have a brother say who doesn't maybe mm-hmm. feel no. it as much, doesn't yeah. see the problem. But in our case, you did, and there were times that I didn't need to say a word. Um, and so I, I know that um, over the over the last couple of years, one of the things I tried to do is always pray, you know, like Holy Spirit. You worry about convicting him. It's not my job. Mm-hmm. I'm here. And I think that's true. That's I think, really important. Yeah. yeah. The spirit is the convictor, right? The spirit mm-hmm. is the one who's supposed to deal with your heart. What mm-hmm. am I for? What's the what's the hero of the confession for? I would say to encourage and, encourage and build love. up. It's mm-hmm. for loving and encouraging and building a back up. Mm-hmm. Let the spirit, the spirit deal with convicts. that heart. Guess what? Yeah. I can't anyway. Yeah. I can't deal with a heart. Yeah. No. Um, but the spirit can. And so we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're our job as the hero of the confession is to love and encourage, build the brother back up, help him back up on his feet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we should ever come into it with an attitude of correcting or mm-hmm. not that you don't call out sin, right? You know, yeah. like if the hearer, if the, if the individual is like walking in sin and not um, in the light, but Hey, if they've coming to, they're coming with confession generally, yeah, they, are they know, they know, they exactly. know there's something and that the Lord is working yeah. on them. Another caution 
And that would be patience, not rushing the process. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I've also had to learn. I feel like I learned a lot of things by mistake, trial and error, you know, you're, and you're the <laughs> guinea pig, lucky you, Yay. um, a lot of times, but, um, uh, yeah, patience. Um, another Dane Ortland quote, I know I quote him a lot lately, <laughs> <So it's, much. laughs> but it's because we've been reading his book. So there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, but he says, if we expect each other to begin healing immediately, as soon as something is in the light, we kill the whole point of mutual confession. And I think that's a really good mm. statement because again, mistakes I've made, right? I have been impatient at times and I've had to catch myself and say, wait a minute, back up. God takes his time. You know this. You know this is a process. I've heard this, uh, heard it said healing is not linear. It's not um, like a quick fix. Um, mm-hmm. When we're talking about um, sanctification, the process of sanctification is a long, arduous proce- process. It's lifelong, lifelong. Mm-hmm. So we can't be impatient and expect things to change overnight. Just because a brother confesses something to you doesn't mean he's done. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he may be confessing the exact same thing every yeah. week for years. And that can be really hard um, as someone who's hearing the confession to know how to practice that that well. Right. Um, what would you say would be advice to someone who is like hearing the same sin over and over again from another believer? Yeah. What would you say to that? Because I think um, it's there is a balance there um, of knowing you know, is this person just living in sin or do they have a heart of confession and heart of repentance of wanting to turn away, but are just struggling? That's a really good question. Um, and I don't know if I have the like official answer, um, yet, but, uh, in general, I feel like number one, uh, the most important and powerful thing we can do is pray for that person. So when you are in this uh, confessional relationship with someone and they're confessing something to you over and over, uh, the most important thing you can do is pray. Mm-hmm. that the spirit will convict them. It could go back to that idea. It's the spirit's job to convict mm-hmm. us of sin. So number one, I pray um, for them um, that the spirit will help them to see, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on here. You know, show them, you know, Lord, show them what it is that's leading them back to that sin. Show them what the stumbling block is, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. Um, another part of it is, of course, um, patience. Um, and I and I kind of go back to um, how does how does Jesus deal with me? You know, mm-hmm. um, my wife and I have conversations once in a while um, where I'm maybe I'm impatient. OK, confession, Ben, sometimes I'm, if I've been impatient with you or something. Uh, yeah, it's um, possible. It's possible. <laughs> um, and I'll end up in a conversation with, with my wife, Kim, about it. And she's always she's like, and how long did I pray for you? She said, <laughs> how long did oh, you struggle with ouch. these things? I know. Ouch. And it's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, um, I'm. So yeah, so and she I'm prayed of all those things too. I just don't have a wife to yeah. always point them out. She prayed for me for <laughs> we've been married for 31 years, over 31 years now, and she prayed for me all those years and I was still struggling, right, with things and um yeah. and and God has been Jesus has been interceding for me and patient with me for my entire life. So for 53 years. Um so yeah, I think number one, pray mm. um, and let the spirit convict. That's a whole nother model right there. I didn't even think about that, about the fact that Jesus is interceding for yeah. us right now. Like he's practicing immense patience. Yep. And as he continues to bring us before the right. Lord. When the know? disciples asked him, you know, how many times should I forgive my brother? He's like seven times seven, basically every time. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, my answer to your question is we, uh, we forgive and we love and we bear with our brother and their burden every time they confess and we pray for them fervently. Remember the, the uh, prayer of a righteous man is powerful and mm-hmm. effective. We pray for mm-hmm. them with 
all of our hearts that yeah. the spirit will convict them and help them to see yeah. and understand and to feel and to change. And we saw that a lot in yes, our relationship. Like I think there were there are many times where you practice that really really well in my life and where yeah i mean you because i i I could always sense like i knew you saw something in my life that wasn't quite right that was that was probably a stumbling block or something and i deep down knew Mm -hmm. it was but i just wasn't ready or able to Mm -hmm. really do anything about it yeah but you just went behind the scenes and and prayed that the spirit would move and there were so many times that he did yeah it, it, i can remember like so there were times i would say something and how do you respond when i say ben you probably shouldn't watch that or do that you're like eh, you know. yeah my first response is like who are you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> to say. i learned i learned that um it's so much more effective to let the spirit do that convicting it is <laughs> because it's so much harder like you can't make changes in your life um, for another person, uh-huh. like yeah. I, that was the biggest thing for me is like, I can't do this for someone else. Mm-hmm. Like it literally has to be the spirit moving me to make a change in my mm-hmm. life because then that change is going to be a lot more lasting. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, I, I, I'm in this relationship with, with, with him where I, um, want to obey him. I yeah. want to obey his leadings and, and that takes time. And it but. was so crazy when the, the, the times that I did it right and like stopped myself from saying anything and instead chose to pray about it, it would be so uncanny how like within a week or two you would say, I've decided not to do this or that. Or, you know, you tell me about this change. Yeah. I'd be like, ah, did you read my mind? You know, <laughs> but the spirit had convicted you. So I've yeah. seen it happen. I know it can happen. I know the spirit can do his job well. <laughs> yeah, he does. I think Bill Johnson also talks about that. Um, just like if he ever notices something in another believer, um, he doesn't just immediately go up to that person. He first goes behind the scenes and just starts praying for yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just so powerful yep. because it, it can very quickly become something that we have to do. We yeah. have to be the one to convict them of this because we see the error in their way. And I just think there's there's so much more power when the spirit convicts someone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be so Absolutely. much more lasting change. And that's not to negate at all the fact of like bringing things to people, to their attention. Because like you said, right. there are people who um, with different personalities who just may not see um, what they're struggling with or what mm-hmm. they're um, what sin they're in. And, um, so at, there are times in those close confessional relationships that sin does need to be addressed, but it sure. always is out of that, that love for the person and not, um, out of a judgmental or condemning way. Yeah. Even when we do like address something to a person, um, or with a person, um, I think that if you can address it in the form of a question, it really makes a difference too. like, yeah, instead of good. saying you need to do this or, you know, this is wrong, maybe asking and said, so um, do you think this is making it difficult for you to follow Christ or yeah. is this um, helpful, you know, in your pursuit of Christ? You know, that kind of a thing does help. What is it, what is it, what's that saying um, uh, about a question stirring the conscience? Uh, I don't know, but it does, <laughs> it does um, for sure help the person think more mm-hmm. about, yeah. um, it's like instead of pointing fingers, it's just like, you know, like you said, stirring up their mind and it's like, oh, like just helping them think about it more. 
I mean, I'll admit, like, even when you do that to me, it's like, I know what, I know what you're getting at. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know what you're saying. True. So you could honestly just ask me point blank and I'd be like, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But I do think that it, that is the a better way to go about it is asking questions. So I have one more question, I think, to wrap this up. Um, and that is just practically speaking, how does confessional community help us to be healthy disciples? Um, how does it make us healthy um, as followers of Christ? Um, and I have this great quote. It's another Dane Ortland quote, and I know I'm overquoting him, but I'm going to just one more, just one more for this I just podcast. need to get his book, honestly. You do need to buy his book if you don't have it. Um, here's what happens when we begin to get honest, even with just one other person. The two circles of what we know ourselves to be and what we present ourselves to be overlap. Rather than the private person becoming one person and the public, I'm sorry, the private Dane becoming one person and the public Dane a different person. There's just one Dane. We become whole, integrated, strong. Mm. Listen, man, I've experienced that. Uh, For much of my life, I compartmentalized my struggle with same-sex attraction and pornography, all of that. I compartmentalized it, and there was a private Brian who Mm -hmm. dealt with this stuff and felt these things and struggled. And then there was a public Brian. And keeping that up is really hard, by the way is super hard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my wife and my daughters will say today that I'm very much a different person. And my answer, and it's true, um, they say, why well, you are just so different in so many ways. You know, you're more outgoing, you're, you're, you're more people-oriented, you care more about people, you're more into relationships. And uh, my answer to that is, yeah, I am, because I'm one person. I'm one Brian now. Mm-hmm. I used to be two. There was public Brian, private Brian. Now there's just one Brian. And, yeah, he's messier. Um, it's true. Um, my wife says that the public Brian was a little bit easier in some respects <laughs> to live with. Um, but I'm whole now and it's healthy yeah. because now I'm who I'm being myself. I'm being mm-hmm. honest and authentic. And, mm-hmm. and that allows God to deal with me, God to work in my heart. And it also makes my relationship with people so much more genuine. Yeah. So much more effective. I mean, you're not hiding away this other person so their personality mm-hmm. i think that was it, it was similar for me mm-hmm. too just not maybe not quite as drastic um but i definitely had that growing up mm-hmm. um the secret side of me mm-hmm. that no one knew about and that i really feared anyone finding out about yeah um and now i'm finally able to be all one person that is messy yes. and broken but also like beautiful at times um and and that encourages people around us to also be whole right to to be honest about their sin about honest about their struggles and become one person be whole yeah yeah okay i think there's one other thing that i don't know if we fully addressed um what do these confessional relationships look like what do they consist of that is a good one um i think you know, I think our church, um, Bedrock, practices this really well yeah. in in the formation of what we call DNA groups, yeah. um, where it's like two or three people gathering weekly mm-hmm. um, who are just doing life together, but are who, who are being completely open and vulnerable yeah. um, about like everything they're going through. Mm-hmm. I've seen two models, I think, at Bedrock, actually, um, that, have, that work really well. One is the DNA group, as you said, model, which is a discipleship group. Um, of two or three people. And that's what we had. So we, just to give a, a quick example of how we it worked for us, um, we were meeting weekly. Um, we were praying. We were um, studying the Word together. And part of that process, part of the prayer relationship was 
uh, honesty about what we're struggling with. So we would just share. I say, listen, this week I struggled in this way. Um, sometimes it was even like a couple every daily. There were times I know that we reached out on a daily basis or mm-hmm. every other day or in a few days. Like we don't wait. In other words, we didn't always wait till we met up. Yeah. To reach out and say, hey, listen, I just blew it. You know, mm-hmm. I did this and uh, I've confessed it to God and I repented but I want to admit it to you as well and ask you to pray for me that I will get back up and, and keep pursuing Jesus. Yeah. Um, so that's one model I think works really well. Um, the other one I've, I've, I've seen is um, in a small group setting where um, one of the small groups at our church, for example, does this like a, as an official practice mm-hmm. um, on a monthly basis. They have a night they call confessional night and it's men and women together in this case. It's mm-hmm. small. It's a small group. Like they're only like 10, eight, 10 people, mm-hmm. but they actually go around and share in the room if there's something that they need to confess and and ask for prayer. Mm. And that also has worked really well for that group. I know people yeah. in that group that have said it was terrifying at yeah, first. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> but um, it became very healing and encouraging as well. And bonding, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure that just drew them a lot closer to each other mm-hmm. and more intimate relationships. Yeah. I think we're afraid of um, mixed confessional, like with men and women together. Yeah, that's that's true. a little more intimidating, I think. Um, but I, I think that there is definitely value to that though, because, um, you know, sisters in Christ speak into our lives and see things that we don't, and they're going to bring things into that relationship that, that we need as well. You know, the body of Christ is made up of men and women. Yeah. I think we've, um, sometimes allocated like certain struggles only to Mm -hmm. same gender, um, like confessional groups. Yeah. And I mean, I think there can be things that like. I mean, it's all about knowing your audience, you know, like are the the people you're confessing with mature enough to be able to handle um, the deep struggles that you, Mm -hmm. you have on a daily basis. Uh, And, but I think if you can have that kind of group, like this group does have where they're, they are so close with each other. They're all very mature. It's just, that has to be so liberating. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think freeing is a good word for it. Freedom. Um, so yeah, confession, this topic, I love it. Um, it's definitely one of the most terrifying things I've ever learned um, in my walk with Jesus, but it's also been one of the most healing and encouraging and beautiful things that God has done in my life. I know you would say the same. Yeah, for sure. It's been, it's what has um, has caused my growth and maturity in the Lord to like expand exponentially, yep. I would say, because that same. iron sharpening iron, it's just right. like, when you're, I mean, when you're constantly, like you said, texting like every day or every other day or whatever, and you just know what's going on in the other person's mm-hmm. life and you're able to pray for them very specifically. Yes, yes. It, it, it fosters such, um, such growth and community yeah. and closeness that, uh, you just wouldn't have if you're fighting alone. Right. If you're hiding things. Right. Yeah. And also just imagine the power of the prayers that you're benefiting from, you know, when you have a brother or a sister praying for you right where you are, Mm -hmm. um, specifically, you know, um, in the -hmm. ways that you need most. So yeah, the prayer of a righteous man avails much. Yeah. So Ben, um, as we did last week, let's close with a question. What are some healthy ways that you find comfort in stressful times? Mm, Healthy ways. Uh, I think, there are a couple. I mean, I enjoy running mm. at times when it's nice outside. Um, 
it's very painful, <laughs> but it still is an opportunity for me to just get out yeah. and um, just talk with the Lord and just, you know, exercise. I think also just like curling up on the couch if I've had a long day with, um, a, you know, a nice comfortable blanket mm-hmm. and a glass of wine <laughs> and watching a movie. And it's just that's very healing for me, too. Mm. So yeah. what about you? Well, running is still one of mine. Definitely running, getting outside in general. Um, but when I'm outside, I have a hard time just walking. I, it's funny, but I have a really hard time walking, so I prefer to run. Um, so running outside on a beautiful day especially um, is definitely one way I kind of find comfort. Um, beauty of creation mm-hmm. around me. Um, I, I always find it easier to pray, you know, worship. Um, little things, though, too. Um, something I've been practicing more just recently, uh, a cup of tea, mm. you know, maybe lighting a candle. Um, maybe just sitting down and being still with the Lord for a little bit and, uh, yeah, maybe praying a little bit or, um, I've always enjoyed going, I've, I, it's always been comforting to me to turn to the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Um, the Psalms have played a big role in my healing over the last few years. Um, just spending time with the Lord and learning how to pray the Psalms mm-hmm. back to him. Yeah. Um, that has been super helpful. And this is such a, this is a good question, I think, because, um, it has been, uh, something that we've been learning about just recently in our Bible study group, mm-hmm. um, our ID group, um, where we've been looking at um, tempting situations. Like, how do you deal with temptation? Mm-hmm. And this is like a whole nother, this is probably another podcast topic, but um, one way to deal with temptation, you know, we've turned to the wrong things generally to comfort ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we've been learning to turn to good things, to healthy things instead. Mm-hmm. So like, um, for myself, that means like sometimes maybe I am experiencing a little temptation and I'm like, okay, Brian, stop. You could have a cup of tea. You could light a candle here, listen to some good worship music and get your mind back into a good space that yeah. way. And it's yeah. true. It really is comforting and it helps a lot. It's that dopamine drip. Exactly. Of a dopamine, a dopamine drip. That's right. Yeah. No, I, that's good. Um, I wanted to say too, I think you were the one who got me into running. So that yes. was really... You, I did. Attributed to you. I take credit so. for that. I did encourage you to run. And uh, it's yeah. true because running is just helpful in many ways for exercise and mental health, emotional health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy the conversation and we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And if, um, again, if this podcast, this is encouraging to you, please rate and review it. Um, yes. That really helps us get the word out there. Share it um, on your socials. That would really be helpful. We really just... We just want to get the conversation out there Mm -hmm. in the church. um, And that is one of the ways that you can help us do that. 